0: In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by
1: a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Lieber Cristo War Calling.
0: Welcome to Libra Cristo War College. I'm your host today, Dan Schneider. Jesse Romero is safely back uh in into American soil. He sent a text last night late. He said, I've never would thought I would ever say this, but it sure feels good to be in San Francisco. So um, so he, he's back safely. But uh whenever I get the opportunity, I bring on um my 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 two good friends, one Ernie, my co host Ernie Lopez. And, of course, the most renowned, the infamous Doug Barry. Welcome to the show, gentlemen.
1: <laughs> hey, Dan. Good to be with you. Today,
0: you know, we, we kind of changed when Ernie and I are on. We, we kind of sh- shift from uh, law enforcement into into the military. And so Ernie and I were both um, uh, cab scouts. Uh, and so we use the phrase scouts out. That, that's what the commanders say, scouts out. That means you're going to go do your job. Uh, go out into the field, go scout, go recon, go find out what the bad guys are up to. So that's kind of what uh, what we do, especially when Ernie and I get together. We just try to give a, a scouting report on what's going on in the battlefield. Before we get into the day's show, what's going on with you, Doug? What do you, what's happening in your sector?
1: Well, I'm down here in the Tyler, Texas area. We're still wondering what's going to happen with Bishop Strickland. That's an ongoing uh, case right now, situation right now um still hammer away and be our coalition our be ready coalition uh, organization be our we've got a preparedness course uh that we're just putting on sale starting today i've got i've got two live trainings that i'm doing one tonight at 6 p.m central and one tomorrow around noon i think they can go out to be our sign up for it we are addressing what is going on right now with the israeli conflict Uh, but in addition to that, how it ties in with prophecies, uh, we've been addressing this with our U.S. Grace Force podcast, Father Hallman and I, the reality that there have been a lot of prophecies that things will unfold in October. Now, that was coming out months ago, and a lot of people, of course, scoff at those things. And then on October 7th, which is the Feast of Our Lady of Victory, Feast of the Most Holy Rosary, Our Lady of the Rosary, and the anniversary of the Battle of Lepanto, the Holy Land gets attacked. Now, some will still say this has got nothing to do with anything. Um, I'm much more inclined to believe that there's there's more credibility to what the prophecies were, that something would start unfolding in October that would build it to even something greater down the road. So the potential for that is still there, clearly. So, yeah, the live training I'm doing at BRCoalition.com, people can go sign up for it uh, for today and tomorrow is um going to address a lot of that prophecies um church approved prophecies, and then even the ones that aren't approved but can still be looked at with a critical discerning eye because we do need to be aware that things are ongoing. I'll just say this last thing, Dan. There was a time when the three children of Fatima were considered crazy, and their prophecies of a second world war and things of that nature, Russia spreading the air of our ways, were considered completely off just off the charts unbelievable. And yet we can look back now and say, hey, these kids really were receiving something from heaven. So it's important to be discerning, be careful, but also pay attention to both signs of the times, as well as, um, you know, church-approved prophecies of old and the current messages of right now. So we'll be addressing those things in the the live training. So again, brcoalition.com. People can go out there and get signed up for the live training. It's free.
0: You you mentioned the, the errors of Russia. One of the things that 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 is often missed um, was uh, the Blessed Mother said that if if, if Russia is not consecrated, then a, a worse war will happen. Right. This is during, during the, the Pontificate of Pius XI, and there was, there was, there was no indication that that that's who the Pope would be. What twenty, thirty years down the road? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and 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 one of the one of the one of the children asked the Blessed Mother, could the could the errors of Russia spread even into the United States? And uh, she said that it was unthinkable in 1940 or 1930, no, 1919, right? in ni- In the early 1900s, it was unthinkable that the United States would succumb to Marxism. Yeah. And she said, yes, that even the United States could fall into these errors. Ernie and I, Ernie's, Ernie's another combat vet. We've talked about this as well, Ernie, about about the errors of Russia. Aren't just socio economic um uh, what we're seeing over there in the russian your ukraine uh war war um is is really uh evil on evil you're seeing a lot of dark magic a lot of a lot there's a lot of deep rich uh there's a there's a deep history of witchcraft in that part of the world and and we're starting to see kind of that play out on the global scene what's your comments on this ernie
2: well that whole area is uh if you if we go we look back and even a history i mean what do we have the 10th crusade that went down there uh to to uh, eradicate the uh Or to destroy the the pagans that were uh, doing some really bad stuff down there and um, I mean it's not not the first time this is not our first rodeo it's just uh, I think it's the evil head that when we we fall away from God people go back to paganism
0: yeah Doug you interviewed a guy a while back uh, I think a Protestant uh, uh, author and he wrote a book called *The Return of the Gods*. Is that yeah. right?
1: Jonathan Kahn yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So I find it fascinating because I think he's onto something. Because at what we're seeing is, and this ties into the to the first couple of segments. I want to talk about this this doll, uh, this this Kachina doll that 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 John McCain's wife, Sandy McCain, who was a, a, a now a, a Biden appointee ambassador uh, has, has other does other works, um, presents this doll to 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 the Pope uh this kachina doll which is an idol which is you know psalm 96 5 the gods of the de- the the gods of the gentiles are demons and so so we're seeing the return of the gods is i want to go back before we get into this we're seeing as christianity came in and christianized the world the west and and, and every part other parts of the world um that that space t- and time are sacred right space and time if we know this liturgically if you understand catholic liturgy at all Time and space are sacred. We enter into the cosmic liturgy, right? We enter into uh, 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 an enti- the, the universal sacrifice, the eternal sacrifice of Christ in time and space. Calvary made present. This goes all the way back to the Jewish understanding of, li- of of anamnesis, of remembrance. The past comes crashing into the present and drives us into the future. We understand sacred space and time. the the The, the Pantheon uh, in Rome is became the church of all the martyrs. Uh, uh, of all the holy martyrs, or a lady of all the holy martyrs. We displaced the gods and brought in the true God and true worship. And so now we're seeing, as the church is weakened, we're seeing the, those ancient gods kind of re- resurfacing and reclaiming sacred time and space. And so there's no accident, in my observation, that October 4th, the synod, which is really, the church is on the verge of, of, of some really very dangerous waters right now. Yeah, uh, On October 4th, Exactly four years prior, when the Pachamama incident took place, and they there was a pagan ritual, uh, 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 and Ernie can speak on that on the and how they use cir- circles and pitch and an entonement and posture as part of the a part of the ritual. Four years later, we now had the Senate, and then on October seventh, that's when the the Pachamama was paraded into St. Peter's. Now we have a war in, a, in a, which is the feast of Our Lady of of the Rosary, Our Lady of Victory. We now have the war on, and uh, started in on that day of all days. That's the day that 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 Hamas chose to do their brutal, beyond inhuman uh, acts, barbarism uh, 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 to 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 innocent innocent civilians over there. Cowardless, as Ernie would, would, would more aptly repeat on this as well uh on the october 7th the Feast of the lady of victory we now have this another idol paraded in and not paraded in but given to the pope and accepted with open arms um and this this kachina doll ernie before we get into the kachina doll talk a little bit about time and space and sacredness in circles can you comment on that
2: well you got you got uh where you're talking about um everything is is ritual. So these are not Catholic rituals; these are these are pagan rituals, and they're and what is it? synchronistic? <laughs> let's make it really easy. Let's let's stay away from every everything that's not not of God is 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 a, a, a is evil. So why are we why are we allowing this stuff into our church? Why are the syn- synchronistic practices have gone on? I mean, we, I, I've seen some of the the messages we've go back and forth on, and it's the same old shoot 'em up every time. It's paganism that creeps into the church from old the old religion and it stays there and it and it festers and it rots from within. It's just something that, uh you know that keeps going on within you name you name the the old the the the, the old old religion that was there. I, there are some vestiges of it hidden and it, it hides inside our church. Mm. Mm. So what what's your takeaway
0: from that interview that you had with that uh that author?
1: Well you know he brings up something I find interesting he brings up something that a lot of Catholics have been talking about too is that there's there's this resurgence you know one of the key things of the diabolical and one of the key things he talks about is back in the Old Testament a lot of these these um, false gods th- there was a manifestation through um, uh, through the, the the way the behaviors and 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 you know such as dances and dolls and so forth I mean there was th- this was all this all goes back so many years to pagan practices that always brought about very destructive negative consequences um and i think back to we had another guest on uh joshua charles great guy convert to catholicism not too long ago and he talks about very much how pre cross christ and the you know his his death resurrection on the cross pre cross you had this manifestation after the cross a lot of that was locked up basically so to speak. Now Joshua Charles has written a book on the Antichrist. It's, coming out, um, it's out right now. He actually commented on a book that was written on the Antichrist back in the 1800s. And he points out that when you have the temporal law and the law of the church, the priesthood, those two laws in particular are to restrain the Antichrist or the Antichrist mindset and, and way of living. And as they crumble, you have a resurgence, as Jonathan Khan had talked about from his perspective, of these false gods from the Old Testament that are not dead. And people have to realize that. It's kind of like looking at what's going on with you know, Hamas and the reports that are coming out of what's happening in Israel. I know we'll get into more later. But you're talking about babies being They're talking about babies being beheaded, children being burned alive. Those demons of old are not dead. There are new people today who are allowing themselves to be puppets.
0: Wednesday War College, we'll come back uh, and get into uh, what's going on at the Vatican uh, with this this, uh, Kachina doll given by Cindy McCain. We'll be right back after this message. Hey, Wednesday War College, we're back doing a nap of the earth flight, gun run across the battlefield, just giving you eyes on target, scouts out. We've got uh, my fellow scout, uh, uh, Ernie Lopez, and of course, our favorite guest, Doug Barry. I could do piping, cheering sounds, I would pipe him in (laughs) right now.
1: You know, I do that when we have you on the Grace Force podcast. (laughs) I have I have the applause soundtrack ready to go.
0: That's oh, outstanding. <laughs> and it's right that it's right that that you would do that for me. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, of course, Dr. Dan Schneider. That's
0: right. He had a Dr. <laughs> so what we're talking about is is uh it came on I saw this last week on the Vatican news and I was kind of shocked when I saw it, but then again, nothing shocks me anymore these days. I so know. Cindy McCain presents to the Pope, and this was on the this was on Vatican news. So this is not just some, you know, crackpot. This is not trolling. Um, there's an image of this doll. Now, some of them thought some some of the the commenters thought it was the the priest killer. Um the, the priest that there was there there's been several instances where the where the priest, the, the missionaries were murdered uh, or martyred and killed by the the local, the you know, the pueblo tribe here in this part of the US. Um um so, so thrown off cliffs and murders, but it wasn't that one. This one, if you look at the figure, you can see it. Um, this is the figure of uh um what's called the the um the sequoyomana. This figure, according according to 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 historians, the spirit represented this figure is called the sequoyomana by the Hopi. This figure is distinguished from other ogre women because of her butterfly whorl hairstyle, which indicates she is not yet married. She carries a knife and a crook and a basket on her back. These items are used to catch her prey, her child and her prey, which are children, and carry them away. Children are expected to provide food for her and if they don't they are told that she will eat them instead. She is a disciplinarian of children teaching and frightening them into good behavior. So she so the picture of this uh of this uh it, it's a hand carved uh, uh image Cindy McCain says this is a warrior uh, this is what she says to the Pope. It's not. It's not. This is this is an ogre, a female ogre designed to harass and torment children. And she's carrying a, a crook, like a bishop's miter on and in and, and one hand to draw the children in, and then a bloody knife on the other. Um, this falls under the you can't make this stuff up category. And I I I, I just can't help but think, when did it become acceptable to bring something like this into the Vatican? You know, to, uh, to 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 bring to bring uh, uh, an, an, an idol with a bloody knife used to kill children and eat them, um, uh, and also to kill priests. When was this acceptable to to bring this in? Why don't we get a picture of one of the one of the, the ships? Why don't we get an image of one of the ships that defeated the Turks at Lepanto and give it to the, the to the the senior Imam of of Islam and say, hey, that's cool. I mean, would you accept this gift? No, they would cut his head off if you bring that gift mm. to 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 one of these guys. Ernie, what what say you?
2: Uh I really uh I, I I'm kind of taken back because I mean basically uh that 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 kachina uh from what I what I remember, I, I do I, I believe it's it, it's it's equivalent to like uh Krumpus or uh uh Pelznikol in and in other, other societies where during Christmas time, the bad children would be taken away, uh, and, uh, and punished. And it was used as, as a disciplinary tool. Um, it's, uh, I mean, any, anything that's given to, to the Pope, uh, from, from Arizona and it's, it, and it's Hopi, I mean, it's, it, I think that's kind of, kind of, kind of weird that, that she would do that. Um, there, there's where I'm going to, I'll stay right there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was you're, nicely, you're,
0: you're a good politician, Doug.
1: Nicely put, Ernie. It's kind of weird that she would do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know what? I agree. This, there's something about etiquette just in general. Like there's certain things you just don't present to certain people that, that could trigger something about, you know, abuse, murder, destruction, child killing, this sort of thing. There's something about common sense, etiquette, that you just think you wouldn't cross certain lines of. In addition to that, I think about when when Pachamama was brought in, um, Monsignor Charles Pope wrote that as soon as that had happened, he said, you know, one of the consequences of bringing a false idol into a church, into the, into the Holy Mother Church, is pestilence and disease. Wow. And lo and behold, right after that, we had the COVID explosion. So, you know, there is something on the spiritual level as well. I just think that She should have known because it should have been clearly indicated by the way the Vatican is or should be that this sort of thing is absolutely 100% unacceptable and would not see the light of day in a Vatican video on, on, on some sort of display there. So there's so many problems with this that she would do it. Number one, but that number two, the messaging wasn't clear enough that this would not be well received. As you mentioned, Dan, you wouldn't you wouldn't bring something like this, uh, the Battle of Lepanto ship, you know, anything that reminds them of their loss in the Battle of Lepanto to the Muslims. who wouldn't do this. Yeah, no, you're not sending a messaging that says clear enough. These things are unacceptable, and and mainly because of the spiritual consequence. In adi- well, in addition to the natural image that it's, uh, you know, the message that it sends, there's a spiritual consequence of this kind of stuff that cannot be overlooked.
0: Yeah, you got to, you know, uh, uh, Ernie and I were talking about this week, you need to, we we should just show the episode of the Brady Bunch when they went to Hawaii. You remember that episode, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. Remember yeah. the music when he wore the tiki, the tiki necklace? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's stuck in my head now because Ernie and I've been sending back videos. He goes and he's wearing this tiki, this this tiki uh, uh, icon, and he goes surfing, and Greg, Greg Brady crashes and burns, and he, and he wipes out really hard, and and Mr. Brady's got to run into the water and save him, and then Peter wears it around his neck, and the tarantula comes up and crawls up yeah. up him, you know. Uh, I don't need to make 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 short of it, or you know, make, make small of it we got to be there are spiritual ramifications to yeah. this you yeah. know yeah. and so and so there's sim, there's symbolism the, the 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 occult worshipers know that there's there's meaning in performance ritual dance they understand this deeply that mm-hmm. this is not just a an enculturation, that in the ritual in the dance performance there's an invocation in the bodily gestures just as we know we can't separate this sign of the cross, you know, you see a baseball player make the sign of the cross, you know that there's some there's some symbolic meaning there. You can't separate it. So, too, on these dances. Here's what Pope Ratzinger, or Pope Benedict said when he wrote as Cardinal Ratzinger. He said, everywhere these days, the liturgy seems to be the proving ground for experiments in enculturation. Whenever people talk about enculturation, they almost always think of the liturgy, which has often under, undergone dismal distortions. The worshippers usually groan at this, guilty as charged, though it is happening for their sake. And acculturation that is more or less just an alteration of outward forms is not acculturation, but a misunderstanding of enculturation. Here's what he says about dance. Dancing is not a form of expression in the Christian liturgy. In about the third century, there was an attempt in certain Gnostic-Docetic circles to introduce it into the liturgy. For these people, crucifixion was only an appearance before the passion christ had abandoned the, the body that in any case had never really assumed dancing could take only could take place in the liturgy of the cross because after all the cross was only an appearance think about that ditty we got the the lord of the dance that we hear often on yeah. sunday uh, the lord of the dance he danced on the cross and danced from the cross into the tomb etc that's that's gnostic that's docetism that is an ancient heresy again the ancient errors are coming back he said, um, the cultic dances of the different religions have a purpose, incantation, imitative magic, mystical ecstasy, none of which is compatible with the essential purpose of the liturgy of the reasonable sacrifice. It is totally absurd to make liturgy attractive by introducing dance pantomimes, wherever, po- whatever possible formed by professional dance troops, which frequently and rightly from the professional's point of view end with applause. Whenever applause breaks out in the liturgy because of some human achievement, it's a sure sign that the essence of liturgy has totally disappeared and been replaced by a kind of religious entertainment. And so we see po- Cardinal Ratzinger then writing about the dangers of enculturation, and now, now we've, we've come full circle, and, and we're allowing all of these old symbolism, these old gods are coming back. Doug, you're holding back. What do you? Get, what's on your mind?
1: I just this is the sort of stuff that's so maddening because I know any, any, all of us are husbands' fathers. I mean, anytime anybody would try to infiltrate my home in some way, I've already got to send a message beforehand that there are certain things that just simply are not acceptable. I mean, you know, there was a, there was a running story out there before my daughter got married. She's been married for what five, six years now. And some a friend of mine called me from New Jersey. You know, there's another Catholic speaker and he says, hey, Doug, there's a rumor floating around that if any guy wants to date your daughter, he has to wrestle you and pin you first before you'll even let him ask to take her out. I said, where did that come from? He said, I don't know. You want me to tell people it's not true? I said, no, leave it out there. Let's just leave that one out there, okay? That's a good one. Yeah, let's send a message that there are certain things that you just don't do. You don't cross the threshold of this home with this, that or the other thing. And that's the concept that I think we've got to have here in the church. We've we've just we've lowered the bar, we've allowed the messaging to just kind of be all inclusive and all warm and fuzzy in many, many ways. And it's 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 kicking our butts, basically, is what it's doing. And we've got to shore that up.
2: Yeah. Ernie. Um I agree totally with what uh Doug's saying right now. Uh, I so I I'm 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 agreeing with him 120%. There needs to be uh uh well let's just say direct action.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It,
0: Absolutely. It's, it, um there's a saying the statement, an old statement that said the, the, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? And <laughs> and and I think it was a navy, I forget, it might have been Admiral Nelson that said that that in 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 dangerous or in in ter- tumultuous times. It is the task of learned men to restate the obvious. So I, I just grabbed this book off my bookshelf, Johnny the Walrus by Matt Walsh. This is this is a sidebar um, that Matt Walsh he's the you know he's he's a conservative commentator uh, uh, and journalist. He came he came uh, to I went and saw him speak at New Mexico State University, and he got a standing ovation for 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 he was asked by a transvestite what is a woman. Not knowing the guy didn't know that he actually wrote a book called What Is a Woman. He got a standing ovation, but because he said a woman is an is an adult human female, and people just came on glued. And I thought to myself, is that all it takes to get a standing ovation? I have to pipe it in when I'm on Doug's show, right? <laughs> uh, so all you got to do is state the obvious. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. so this, what's going on here is is restating the obvious. But what most people don't see are the are how the how the enemy, whether it's our our, our worldly enemies or our, or specifically our spiritual enemies track along the calendar. October 4th, that was significant. October 7th, significant. Four years, as you say, Monsignor Pope mentioned that pestilence and plague is part of is part of the, the byproduct of of idol worship. And within six months of the Pachamama incident, within six months, the entire sacramental system in the Catholic Church worldwide was closed down. Mm. We could not receive the sacraments. Right in the middle of, by March, six months later, by right? March 20th, the whole world was closed down, the sacraments, and we could no yeah. longer receive the sacraments.
1: Yeah, let me, let me throw in on that too for, for a moment here, Dan, is that when you consider that if you'd have gone back to October 6th, for example, 2019, which was the day that the message that Sister Agnes Sasagawa, the Akita, a visionary from 1973, claimed she yeah. received from an angel that we are to put on ash and pray a rosary of repentance. Because something? I'll get back to it after the break. All right, we'll
0: pick up after that. Wednesday War College, Ernie Lopez. Pete, come back in, in five minutes. Wednesday War College, we're back. Ernie Lopez, Doug Barry. I'm hosting today without Jesse Romero, who's back safely on American soil. Said he was never happy in his life to say he was in the city of san francisco so uh doug finish what you were saying earlier you were talking about about uh finish well, your last yeah
1: spot. yeah it's funny how people you know we we're, we're funny people the way we look at things and the way we look at how things unfold whether it's prophetic or just signs of the times you go back to october 6th 2019 that's the day that uh, sister agnes s claims she received a message from an angel and again, for those out there who are not familiar with her, she's the one that received the messages church approved in to Japan in 1973, specifically that on, on October 13th, she received the message that fire would fall from the sky. We see bishop against bishop, cardinal against cardinal, everything that is very egregiously happening now. Quick side note on that church point. will be
0: stacked. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Quick side note on that. People will say, well, we've always had cardinals and bishops opposing each other, not on doctrinal issues like this. Not on issues like whether or not we should bless so called same sex marriages, what the German bishops are doing. And Dan, you were just recently over in Germany, you know, so you know firsthand what's going on there. Those types of issues were not necessarily what was ever, you know, the opposition was so grave about in the history of our church. But that being said, at that time, we also see in Wuhan all this beginning of unfolding of problem. Now, we didn't really experience it here in the States until the beginning of the next year. January, February, we started hearing rumors of sickness, a vi- virus out there. But even then, we had politicians saying, No problem, go eat at the restaurants in Chinatown, in New York, in LA, in San Fran, not a problem. And then by March, things were locking down. And that lasted for how many years, two, two and a half, three years. And even now, we're still experiencing the fallout. So I just ask the audience to keep that in mind when we're looking at what's happening right now. Another idol being brought into the church in addition to all the other things that are going on in the Synod that are really just, at the very least, confusing us. And I'm not bashing anybody, but come on. When we hear that there's supposed to be a media blackout, no one talk about what we're talking about behind closed doors, I thought the Synod was about dialogue. I thought we were supposed to have this conversation, and maybe we should have some concept of what's going on, although we do hear the warnings from, for example, Cardinal Burke or Bishop Strickland warning us about the seriousness of what they're discussing there in this synod. And then lo and behold, at that time we have a war breakout in the Holy Land, the ground where Jesus himself walked. I mean, I, I and some would say, ah, oh, that's a pretty big stretch, Doug. You're really reaching for something there. I don't know, maybe, but let's go back to 2019. And if we would have put those types of that that type of lens on that event when Sister Agnes has this exp- this experience on October 6th. Wuhan starts to have freaky, weird things happening. Then within months, this virus is going global. And a few months later, we've got lockdowns. And as you mentioned earlier, Dan, the church shuts down. And bishops are telling priests don't go give last rites to people that are dying from this virus. There's something about this right now that seems to echo in a degree, a certain degree, what happened back then in 2019? Though this time, this could escalate to a much, much larger war, and that's a sign of the times. That's not—it's it, prophetic too. We have prophecies out there from La Salette, which is approved by the Church. You got the mystic Marie Julie Jehanne, who has talked about this sort of stuff. We could very well be seeing the beginnings of these tribulations that could that could escalate to a much greater problem. We had the pestilence. And we've always been told in Scripture—I'll say this and pass this back to you, Dan—we've been told in Scripture, pestilence and war are oftentimes the result of these types of egregious offenses against God.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, And you're not talking about unapproved apparitions. And and there there are many in the church that are so desperate for hope and for, you know, Immediate satisfaction or, or or answers that they they they'll chase any visionary that's out there anyone that claims to speak to God. Um, we're not talking about that, Doug. No, you're talking exactly. about La You're talking about Fatima. You're talking about about Akita, Japan. All improved mm-hmm. apparitions. If you really look at, if you really want to, if you really want to look at two two apparitions back to back uh, in a continuum, Akita is just the end result of, of us not doing reparation and not doing what our blessed mother asked at Fatima. Right. And this idea of Cardinal against Cardinal Bishop against Bishop, we're seeing that right now. We're seeing it right now that you're seeing such division at that level. And this is why it's going to have to come from that level. Let's face it. The hierarchy doesn't really care what, what any of us here in this, in, in this podcast have to say, right? Even though John Henry Newman says it this way in times of crisis, it's the laity that will save the church. And it's not going to be by passing around signatures and demanding a voice at the table because all those people have already nestled their way to the to the to the table that we're not allowed even to look in and hear what they're talking about in Rome. Here's another interesting thing that came out on life site. I was shocked when I heard this. This was from May of this year. Um, the president of the Pontifical International Marian Academy has stated. Uh, that a newly formed group inside the academy will judge any alleged apparitions which speak of punishment from mm-hmm. God. So mm-hmm. this Franciscan priest says that that uh, um, he said it is important to provide clarity because often alleged messages generate confusion, spread anxious apocalyptic scenarios, and even accusations against the Pope in the Church. How could Mary, Mother of the Church, undermine its integrity or sow fear and opposition? She who is the mother of mercy and queen of peace, although and likewise it's important to provide formative support because dealing with certain cases require preparation, etc. He's basically saying uh uh um um that we we that a, a mother, a loving mother, he said elsewhere, would not chastise her children. I don't know. Ernie, is that consistent with your with uh with, with your mother and explain to them to, 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 to those who may not know what the chancla is?
2: Well, you know, for us bad kids, you know, uh, like myself, uh, they, they, if the the more that they spared that, that rod, the more that I was spoiled. So, uh, I, I was always causing trouble and, uh, you know, whenever something, my, 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 my mother was like a, uh, like like a ninja, she would be able to throw this, this, uh, this, 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 uh, the slipper, the chunkla and hit me and then it would boomerang back and she would catch it and just look at me and just say, see, that's what you get. (laughs) <laughs> right. But but we know our earthly mothers,
0: you know, what is even, even you know, Proverbs, spare the child, spare the rod, right. uh, spoil the child. I mean, we know these things. So why, why, why would we not, why would our blessed mother, who is perfect, c- perfectly conformable of God, she has come to us. in a, So this is basically to deny, even at the highest level to deny at least a high level at the Vatican to deny Fatima. And the message of Fatima, but what is she saying? I go back to what I said about Newman. In times of in times of crisis, the laity will save the church, and I think we're going to save the church in two ways. Um, Can well in many ways. Canon two twelve. Uh, we have a right, an obligation, even to to confront our sacred pastors when when we feel that they are in error. We have we have to be able to have a dialogue, a true dialogue, to discuss these things for clarity, for clarity. Um, but also, you mentioned it earlier, Doug. It's going to be through prayers of reparation. Mm-hmm. We got to buckle down and 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 do do reparation and make sacrifices for Holy Mother Church to pray for the purification of the church, offer our suffering and sacrifices for the purification of the church, for the fidelity of our of our sacred pastors to continue to hand on the deposit, to guard safeguard and hand down faithfully the the, the the sacred deposit of the faith. And then thirdly, to me, living out the Catholic faith with joy and hope. You yeah. know, regardless of whatever happens there. I'm going to keep driving on. I'm not going to change. I'm going to keep doubling. I'm going to double down on my prayer. I'm going to double down on everything that I'm trying to do uh, for the glory of God and salvation of souls. Doug?
1: I'd like to comment, Dan, also on the mother part. Um, You know, there were many times my mother warned me that my dad was coming home and I had not completed the things that he asked me to do. And the closer it got to him coming home, the more aggressive she was that she'd come in the room and say, son, you're not getting this done. You know what's going to happen. Ah, Mom, I got time. She'd come back in a little bit later. You're running out of time, Doug. Let's go. The lawn's (laughs) got to get mowed. You got to clean the garage, something. A loving mother warns her children when there are consequences that are coming down the pike that are heavy. And I just think anybody who has this false idea that maybe it's because they think, well, she's so holy and so pure, and she is absolutely our blessed mother, that she doesn't have that strength in her to say there are consequences to your actions. If those actions are not good, you're going to have to deal with the consequences. So let's look at the concept there of, of, of the personality. But also consider this, the miracles, the miracle of the sun, for example, you know, spinning in the sky, seen by 70,000 people and for up to 40 miles around on October 13th, 1917, or the, the miracle in Akita of the statue of the Blessed Mother, weeping. And they tested the tears, the perspiration that smelled like roses uh, or perfume, and the stigmata of a wooden statue, the wound in the hand. And when they tested these, they found them all to be human, and they were tested by independent medical facilities. So you have miracles attached to these apparitions that speak of grave chastisements. How do you just discount the miracles? And those are just a few of the miracles that have been reported regarding this. And and again, this is one of those things where we have to remember, she does not come of her own power. She comes because her son sends her. And her immaculate heart is perfectly in line with his sacred heart. You can't deviate from the two. And this is one of those pieces that anytime anybody starts coming down saying, oh no, what you've been seeing is different. No, no, those miracles just completely discount them. Now we're saying that that's just not... This has been a, a truth that has been held onto from Pope after Pope after Pope for over 100 years, if you're going back to Fatima. It's mind-blowing that they would try to do this. And we have to do, as you said, Dan, double down. Double down. We know what we're, what we're called to do. And like you said, we can't even go over to Israel right now and sit down with Hamas and the leaders and negotiate a peace plan it's like they're not going to listen to us, but I can pick up my rosary and I can pray this every day, and I can get to adoration, and I can fast. I can do those pieces, and I am not insignificant. And we've got to remind ourselves of that. God has given us a role in all of this.
0: Yeah, Ernie, speak on that on spiritual combat. The role, the role of of of, of the grind of the military life, and how that applies to spiritual contact combat. Well, I, right?
2: I think right now we're. Like what we're looking at is is, is real uh if, if if we take it serious, it's it's sackcloth and ashes It's time to buckle down uh, on our knees uh start give start giving up those uh those sins that I think some people are holding on to hmm. and start so really start praying, praying hard, and uh let's give it up and, and start sacrificing our lives for our Lord you know and yeah. I'm gonna start stop thinking that he's gonna give us something it's it's time. It's time now to do pick up that rosary and go before the blessed sacrament, and uh, let's let's look at it what it is. There's no such thing as coincidence if we're really looking at what's going on. All
0: right, Wednesday War College, we'll be back in two and two. Stay tuned. Don't change that dial. Back. Right up. Wednesday War College. I'm Dan Schneider, your host. Doug Berry, Ernie. Lopez. Thank you gentlemen for joining me. I'd like to get in the final segment, uh, and bring it back together with, uh, um, the battle of Lepanto and the feast we celebrated this week or the October 7th, Our Lady of the Rosary, Our Lady of Victory. Why this is significant and perhaps no coincidence that this is the day that, that these, uh, These individuals uh, raided uh, Israel and did some pretty horrendous things, which I won't talk about here, but it was subhuman. They did things to other humans that an animal would never do to another animal, Um, uh, even in even in animal combat. So um, in the Battle of Ponto, um, this was this was an invading force of of Ottoman or Turk Muslims that were invading this battle, this decisive battle off the coast of Greece meant uh, if, if, if we lost this battle, this, this would be the end of Europe, Christian Europe, as we know it, this is, this is what's called in history among a military historians, a decisive battle, a decisive battle, not only determines the outcome of the war, it also has lasting social, political, religious, uh, and other import well beyond the battlefield. And so the, 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 the outnumbered two to one, the, the Holy league, uh, um, Chain, they, they, they developed tactics. Uh, one tactic they used was rather than ram and board where you would ram, they would shoot arrows and then ram another ship and then board it. And it was basically infantry fighting at sea. Um, they, they, they had smaller, more maneuverable ships, turned them sideways and launched cannonballs. That was one decisive element. Of course, some favorable winds, uh, helped them. And the, perhaps the most important one was the blessed was the pope. Pope Paul the I mean Pope uh, um, Pius V asked that Catholics around the world would pray the rosary for this intention. Word gets back, they they overwhelmingly defeated the enemy. Word gets back to King Philip who was not playing golf, not playing cricket, it, it, he was at prayer on the feast of All Souls Day. He's at prayer and he immediately tells commands the choir to sing the Te Deum. So we see rosary and liturgy as elements of victory and spirit and, and physical combat and now and now spiritual combat. Uh, and I want to quote this is this was the commander of the Holy League, Don Juan. He's he, he was telling the, his commanders and in, in his in his and uh, the, the, his generals and admirals that we're going to engage in this battle. He was giving them the plan of how they were going to execute the tactics. And there were some a lot of questioning and a lot of like, what about this? What about that? And here's what he said. The last words he said was, gentlemen, this is a time for combat, not counsel. Now go to battle. So that's a, that's kind of where we're at right now. This is a time for, for combat, not counsel. We're not talking about physical combat. We're talking about spiritual combat. And I think embedded in this story, we see the power of Our Lady of the Rosary, the power of the rosary. Uh, uh, um, what she calls, uh, when she gave the rosary to St. Dominic, she says, I want you to know, do you know, she said, uh, "What?" Uh, what weapon the Holy Trinity wants to use to reform the world? The weapon to reform the world, she says that in this kind of warfare, the battering ram. This is what you break down strongholds with. The battering ram. This is the battering ram is the the infantry equivalent of the cannonball. Okay, the battering ram has always been the angelic psalter, which is the cornerstone of the New Testament. So if you want to reach hardened souls and win them to God, preach my psalter, Doug. Comments on Lepanto.
1: Well, it makes me think also, Joan of Arc, I'll throw this in quick before I get to Lepanto. I just pulled this quote up. In God's name, the soldiers will fight. God will then give the victory. That God does call us to engage. God calls us to be part of the plan. Now, not trying to sound like a warmonger or anything here, but we are in a situation where we have seen historically in our church countless times, like Joan of Arc, like the, especially the Battle of Lepanto, Siege of Vienna, twice Siege of Vienna, uh, went on, you know, the siege of Malta, 1565, where men took up arms to fight, protect, and defend. We have a very soft culture right now that doesn't comprehend or understand these sorts of things. But when it comes to this, tying this into the spiritual realm right now, you know, you know, uh, all kinds of pamphlets and booklets and new, new, uh, new uh, programs to help bring about all kinds of wonderful, you know, social justice efforts and this and that. They have their place. Okay, they are down the list from getting on our knees and praying, getting to adoration, getting to mass, getting to confession, fasting. You know, in the Battle of Lepanto, it was so clear, so obvious that Pius V, who was sickly at the time, was actually marching through the streets uh, in his in his um, in his sickness, praying the rosary publicly, getting out there, showing people this is what we need to be doing while the men were fighting. My understanding also is that. The men on those ships were also praying the Rosary, and it was forbid that they spoke foul, like blasphemy and so forth. Was was for no cursing? No cursing. They were cursing. forbidden
0: to do any any foul language.
1: Yeah, exactly. They were told they had to keep everything as as just and righteous as possible. They're human, of course. They're going to slip up, but the fact that those parameters were laid down as part of their role says something to us right now. It's not just throw all caution to the wind and be as crazy as possible, and, and and it's this is we've got to understand that God does have a plan in how these things can go, should go, and we need to adhere to His His let's call it His boundaries, His parameters, His criteria, um, and that doesn't hamstring us at all. It actually strengthens us, and that's what you saw with the Battle of Ponto. You're right; they were outnumbered. The ships were outnumbered, and this was some bloody hand-to-hand combat. This is face-to-face sort of stuff. You know, and when the when they sailed in and the winds shifted in their favor, and it's also known that one of five images painted to of the our lady of Guadalupe that were touched to the miraculous image of our lady of Guadalupe from 1531, one of those images of those five was on one of those ships. So they their recourse, their recourse, yes, they were trained to fight, but they also had deep recourse to turn to God and to our blessed mother we need to be doing the same thing right now like never before
2: yeah ernie well our enemy never forgets sir uh the way i look at it is um they they remember 9 11 they remember Mm Lampanto, they they remember when they called spain andalusia and they will continue to do so all right oh we lost ernie all right doug
1: I'll, I'll just pick up what he was saying. I, I agree with him. I think I'm thinking the same same track he is on. That is that the enemy doesn't forget. 9 11. We were struck because of a previous war that, that we dealt with with, the, with was dealt with with the Muslims. Okay, they look at Israel as the great Satan. They look at America as as this as the smaller Satan. This is something we've heard and we've seen. It, it's it's death to anything that speaks of righteousness and holiness. Um, and the brutality, as you said, Dan, some of it is so unspeakable that 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 has happened just recently, while we're over here in America, for example, you know, concerned about our latest college football team winning their game, um they're over there, and the stories are still coming out. In fact, I just saw a headline a few moments ago here um, on the monitor of uh, a text message that one uh, Israeli woman sent to her family. This was, I believe, at the dance party. there was some big dance event going on, and Hamas just showed up, opened the doors, and opened fire. And over 250 or so people were killed. And this text message came from this woman to her family saying, "I don't know where to run." So you have this going on right this moment in our world. We have got to understand, Annie, Ernie. I, I just picked up with what you were saying there. Um, take it from here. The enemy doesn't forget. Go on from there.
2: No, just saying yeah, the enemy doesn't forget. So if we're not, if we're not, if, if we change our our weapons that work. If it was prayer and fasting that beat these guys before, if if they're gonna they're gonna use every social justice uh, model to uh, to use use our own words against us, uh, I mean they use our enemy is crafty. Let's let's face it. Let's 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 look at our enemies. Let's not let's not look at them as 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 dumb. They're gonna come at us, so we mm-hmm. should we should look at at the patterns as as good scouts and make good reports. And uh, let's let's try to uh, get back to getting in the battle.
1: Yeah, amen.
0: One of the things going, bringing you back to Fatima, our uh, sister, uh, venerable sister Lucia, uh, one of the visionaries, says the final battle between the Lord and the reign of Satan will be about marriage and the family. Mm. So, marriage and the family is central. We know this. In the state of California, you could be uh, put in put in jail and your children taken away from you if you refuse to allow uh, gender reassignment surgery. Uh the, the, the assault on the family is very grave. Doug, walk us to the end. How do we how do how do we bring it back to the spiritual realm and not lose hope? And how do we def- we defend and protect our families in these troubled times?
1: but first thing I'll simply say is this let's not have that attitude that God is in charge or we know who wins in the end. Therefore, we don't have to do our part. If I'm gonna say God's in charge, what I mean by that is he holds everything in his hands but he will not interfere with my free will. My free will says I have to act in the ways that God would inspire me to act. To know what that is, number one, I gotta know what the church teaches, but I also gotta get on my knees and pray. I gotta be fasting. I gotta be in tune, as my friend Father Heilman says all the time, in tune with God, just like a horse. You you know, a good horse knows, but the rider pulls the reins just a touch one direction. That horse turns its head and goes that direction. I wanna be that in tune with God and from there spiritually first and foremost 365 days a year 24/7 i want to be in tune in prayer seeking a deep heart to heart connection with almighty god with our blessed mother saint joseph and so forth second to that though in a natural world i also want to be aware just as we've been talking about battle of lepanto siege of vienna uh the genocide in rwanda whatever it may be world war 1 world war 2 we know that human conflict comes Oftentimes, from these spiritual voids and deprivation out there, we've got to be taking steps, whatever our role is and wherever we are in the world, to be considering what we might have to do in times of a of a of a, of a violent altercation or violent conflict of some sort. Right now, the people in Israel are looking at things different. Three hundred plus thousand, three hundred thousand plus, I should say, are being called back up to be ready to fight. We don't know how this escalates, and if it does, even here in the States, we've got to be thinking differently. That doesn't mean we're all going to be joining the military, maybe, and you guys are ex-military, but I've still got to protect my family, my neighborhood, my community, so I've got to be thinking, am I building my resources with family, friends, community, so that I'm prepared to handle whatever crisis might come from food issues, power issues, water supply, you name it.
0: Okay, Uh, I want to finish up here with with, uh, Father Harden. He says that the demonic zeal of Marxism has penetrated by now every, one minute. Every country in the world, the only Catholic families that are living the teachings of Christ in the church, those families that are extraordinary and living holiness. These are the the this is the formula for he gives really twofold. One is to fight back against the the, the, the battle against the family and truth. One is living your Roman Catholic faith, fully embracing it, not just knowing it. It's great to know that Jesus didn't have brothers and sisters and you can explain big rock versus little rock in Matthew 16:18. But we have to live our faith, live the old faith, the old, that old time religion, prayer, fasting, uh, 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 redemptive suffering, embracing the whole of the church of the Council. these are very important. And also being evangelical, he says, the apostleship of, a, of families to families. So Jesus said, I'm going to leave, leave with this. Jesus says, in the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Keep living the gospel. Keep fighting back through prayer, through sacrifice. Uh, uh, whatever Saint God Christina's is calling you to may praise. God bless you.